Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. We're going to play the theme <laughs> intro music in a minute. If uh, Blog Talk would like to cooperate with us this morning. Welcome back after the holiday, everybody. Okay, let's try it again. You're listening to the Morning Punch-In Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and an Instagram model's bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. All right. Good morning, everybody. It is RBNJ, and this is the Morning Punch and Show, the most unpredictable, unscripted, but always real morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, November 27th, 2017. Let me properly bring on my partner in crime, the creator and founder of badculture.net and contributor for Black Sports Online, Jay LaBeouf. What's good, Jay? What's good, RB? Good morning, everybody. Happy day after Thanksgiving weekend. It's good to be back with you. I hope you ate a lot because I know I did. And I hope you have successfully discarded all your leftovers because it's disrespectful and dangerous to still be eating Thanksgiving food on Monday. So get it out of the kitchen. Before we start off this morning's show, uh, we would like to pay some honor to two people that we lost over the Thanksgiving break. And we'll be doling the 10 count bell. First of all, rest in peace to Cesar Diaz, a uh, golden boy prospect who was killed in a car accident here in California in the Palmdale area. Uh, so rest in peace to him. Such a tragic loss at a young age. And also rest in peace to Francisco Ruiz, an, another unbeaten prospect who, was, who passed away after a knockout loss over the weekend. Just very, very devastating this time of year to his family. So we will keep them and their families in our prayers and we will go ahead and dole the 10 count bell. Rest in peace, gentlemen. But we are back here on Monday to kick off the week, talk about some boxing, talk about Kovalev return. And it's good to be back with you, RB, back in the saddle talking some boxing this Monday morning. As always, as always, we had, um, it was pretty much a slow week last week, which was anticipated just because, uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving week. But we did have some fights starting Tuesday night on Fox Sports 1. It was the big return of Devin Alexander. And Jay, you had actually touched on this last week that he had overcome an addiction. He was in rehab. Um, he seems to come back strong. He dominated Castillo in his fight. And he said he's ready for anybody out there. He threw out Keith Thurman's name, Sean Porter's name. He threw out Earl Spence. I mean, he was throwing out some heavy names. Yeah, the possibilities are endless for him to get back in there. They're it's still very, very top-heavy in the welterweight division. He's right back in the mix. And if he feels like he's ready, hey, throw him back in there. Both got to fight somebody. So congratulations to Devin Alexander for the win um, over the yeah. holiday week. A lot of people on our Twitter timeline was saying that he did look good, that he did look strong, you know, that he looked like the old Devin. So maybe that time off and that healing is – you know, exactly what he needed in that break. Sometimes boxing can be overwhelming. And, you know, me personally, I have a, a love-hate relationship with it. You can only imagine what boxers go through. The pressure, you know, it's, it's unexplainable. Anyway, Saturday night, Jay, from New York on HBO, the telecast opened up with Gamboa edging out Jason Sosa by a majority decision. Um... In my opinion, it was a bit controversial of a decision, despite a deducted point. 
and a knockdown, which I thought should have clinched it for Jason Sosa. Gamboa was declared the winner. The scorecards were very wide for this fight. Gamboa got a gift. I'm not screaming robbery. You know, I'm not going to, you know, go screaming robbery. But I do feel like it was an early Christmas gift for sure. Oh, most definitely. I felt really bad for, for Sosa. You know, looking at the post-fight interviews, he says he's not tripping. But at the same time, Gamboa suffered a knockdown and a point deduction. So that means he would have had to have battered Sosa for that whole fight. And that was not the case. His legs didn't look good. He's looking aged. He's looking like he's pretty much at gatekeeper status. And then he gets blessed with the win. Happy Thanksgiving. Have some cranberry sauce on the side because that was too much. I wasn't feeling it. I did talk to Jason Sosa, you know, and I pretty much told him the same thing, you know, that sometimes boxing, you can love it, you can hate it. But I really respected how classy he remained. You know, he could have easily flipped out or, you know, and he just said, you know what? I got to stay positive. I got to stay focused. I got to stay professional. You know me. I'm going to bounce back. I'll be back next year. He was very positive. He was in good spirits when I spoke to him. So shout out to Jason Sosa for not being a, a sore loser. With that being said, Gamboa lives on. You know, he, he lives on to see another day. He definitely doesn't look like that top elite Gamboa that I think we always had hoped that he would be. Um, but, you know, he's saying, look, I only had three weeks. I took the fight on short notice. I did what I could. Um, so I'm sure we'll see Gamboa back. Yay. Just yay. <laughs> yay. All right. Yay. In the co-feature, we had Sullivan Barrera. He decisions Felix Valera. First round started out with a bang. They traded knockdowns in the first round. That was fun. But I will admit it was like a very tough and awkward fight to watch. Valera threw a lot of low blows. He had a couple points deducted. Barrera came out victorious. Jay, how'd you see it? How'd you like that fight? I did like that fight. That was a, a cool little scrap. Good to see Sullivan Barrera out there in action. It's setting up a very, very interesting picture for the light heavyweight division. Sullivan Barrera is ready ever since he lost to um when he lost his last fight he's been on a war path and he's really been coming back Valera had some weird low blows I didn't like his you know rope of dope and posturing and all the crazy stuff that he was doing in the ring but it did make for a good fight especially after the Gamboa victory left the, that nasty taste in my mouth it was cool to see that fight I liked it good good work for yeah, Sullivan two, Barrera two Cubans won there um yeah. So in the in the main event, we had the return of the crusher. Kovalev demolished Shabransky. He regained the WBO light heavyweight world title in classic Kovalev fashion. It was a second round stoppage of Shabransky. Kovalev came out the gate swinging. He was doing some crafty stuff in there, too. I know we always want to talk about Kovalev's power. But he does show that he's more than that. I mean, he was landing some really nice right hands strategically. His straights to the body were really nice. He was doing some nice countering. So, you know, I don't think he's just all, you know, like a one-punch knockout artist like some people think that he is. The second round continued. It was just more hard shots from Kovalev. After the third knockdown, the referee finally called a halt to the action. Yeah, Kovalev looks like a killer. Oh, hell yeah. He looked like a killer out there. When he had his media day out here in Los Angeles recently and over in Santa Monica, he looked like a killer then, and we were still a good ways out for the fight. He looked happy. He looked content. He looked on weight. Mm -hmm. Maybe there is some pressure that's been relieved for him. Maybe this is a good match. His current trainer, since they can relate to each other so much, he looked very relaxed. He did some nice, he had some nice footwork, the way he was stepping around and trapping. Uh, Shabransky. Kovalev, even after the two losses against Ward, in my opinion, was still among the top of the division. And to see him dispatch of Shabransky like that instead of going round after round just to get rounds in, that's what you like to see. And that version of Kovalev still killed most of the division. So, yeah, I think he's definitely back. I think a lot needs to be said here about a trainer and boxer's relationship. If a boxer is not happy with their trainer, 
if there's no chemistry, if there's a language barrier, you know, if there's just some major differences, well, it's going to affect your ring performance. When you go back to the corner, a fighter should be able to look in his trainer's eyes and trust him more than anybody in the world. And I think that that was missing in that corner for a really, really long time. I'm not knocking John David Jackson or whatever. They probably stayed together too long. You know, it was probably a nightmare. But, you know, when you're working with a trainer that you don't see eye to eye with, well, there's, it's, it's pretty much like a, a catastrophe. So Kovalev mm-hmm. said he was physically ready. He was mentally trained. He wasn't drinking anymore. He did admit that he was drinking during his past camps. And, you know, he didn't hide any of that. Uh, but he did say, you know, now he sees that, you know, he slacked off and it cost him money. It cost him titles. It cost him, you know, wins. It cost him a lot. So, I, you know, he says he's back on track. Let's see. After the fight, he did say um, that Adonis Stevenson, he called him Chickenson, is still <laughs> on his list. He would still like to fight Adonis Stevenson. I think he should. And I still think he gives him that work. I mean, Stevenson, and I'm not saying that. I know I come across as a hater on Twitter, and I really don't care. But because I'm just not a fan of Adonis Stevenson. So, you know, yes, I'm a hater. Mm. Hate, hate, hate. But I still think Kovalev gives Stevenson that work. I think that his chin can stand up to what Adonis Stevenson has to offer. I mean, Adonis Stevenson's only fought twice in the last two years. I think that Kovalev can handle it. Make the fight. Stop being a, a punk and make the fight. It's a great fight. And yeah. now would be a unification bout if they can do it. I still want to see it, too. Kovalev said he wants to fight three or four times next year. Kathy Duva said, very possible. He might even fight once outside of the United States. But his return, as of today, is tentatively scheduled for March 3rd at the Garden. So I think HBO is reinvesting in the Crusher. I think they want to keep him active and kind of build that fighter on there. And let's Mm -hmm. let's take a minute to talk about the light heavyweight division and what yeah. fights can be made with Kovalev's return and HBO, you know, investing in him. There's Bivol, there's Sullivan Barrera. I would even like to see Kovalev and Joe Smith. You know, remember when, yeah, when yeah. Jay, Jay, remember you threw that out there and you were like, man, Kovalev, Joe Smith, that's a great fight. Put it in Long Island, that's wherever right. you want to put it. That's right. Um, there's, Mar- there's Marcus Brown, who, per Jolene Mazone, the matchmaker at main event, she said that Marcus Brown was offered the Kovalev fight for this past Saturday, and he turned it down. There is mm-hmm. Adonis Stevenson, which obviously, obviously would be the highest-profile promotion. That's a fight that's been in the making for, you know, a few years that we've all been wanting to see. There's Badu Jack. There's Alvarez. There's uh, Better Beef you know, which he's such a brute, you know, that'd be a really good fight too. I mean, right there. I mean, think about what a really cool light heavyweight tournament they could even come up with. They could do a lot of great things. I mean, you know, I went, remember I went to, went to a media thing with uh, Klimas, with Igas Klimas, who is the manager of Sergey Kovalev and, and uh, Lomachenko and a bunch of fighters. He also manages Alexander Gvozdik. And he joked at that time that, you know, he might want to be a promoter in the future. Hey, he's got Gavazdik, who's also a light heavyweight. He's got the Crusher, who's a light heavyweight. They could keep the money in the house and do a big Russian showdown. That would be a great fight. They could do it in the Ukraine, or they could do it at the Garden. Like, they could – he has so many options because so many of the top fighters in the light heavyweight division would probably be easy for him to negotiate. I'm going to take – Adonis Stevenson out the mix because even if we manage to get him in the ring, it'll probably be against Bobby Jack so they can keep the money in the house. But, ooh, I would like a fight between um, Kovalev and Gavazdik. That's a great-looking fight, too. Like mm-hmm. said, Joe Smith Jr. is a good one. There's just so much that could be done. Light heavyweight is really, you know, sparking up, getting to be quite, quite competitive, and I'm, I'm with it. Yeah. It's a very, very brute division right now. That's how I like to call it. These guys are big. They're strong. They're athletic. They're boxers, you know. So, I mean, any one of those fights would be really fun, any of them. I mean, you could interchange a bunch of them, and I think we would get some really, really good fights out of there. So, hopefully that is the plan for HBO next year. As Jake Donovan said last week, 
it sounds like HBO is really investing in divisions, not so much a fighter or branding a fighter anymore. You know, we see Superfly mm-hmm. 2 is coming back, and now, you know, we look at this light heavyweight division, and we can only imagine, you know, what he can do with that, meaning Peter Nelson over at HBO. So, anyway, lots to look forward to. Before we take a commercial break, though, I do want to say that we have um, something to give away today, and it mm-hmm. is a piece of a fight-worn Larry Holmes robe brought to you by the BoxingInsider.com. We want to play Know It or Blow It with you today. Please call 718-508-9852. Press 1. That's how we know that you'll want to play, and you can win a piece of this Larry Holmes robe. It's actually really cool, and honestly, I thought about keeping it for myself when I saw it come in the mail. I'm like, oh, my God, it's authentic. It's signed. It's, it's really dope. So, anyway, play some Know It or Blow It with us today, and um, you can win this prize. Jay, let's take a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back with uh, Jake's take with Jake Donovan. All right. John Francis Agency is comprised of dedicated insurance professionals who manage risk, protect wealth, and cater to clients' personal and business needs. We offer disability coverage for boxers as well as life and liability insurance. Career-ending injury insurance along with illness insurance is also offered through our agency. For more information, please visit us online at johnfrancisagency.com or call us today at 732-497-9624. John Francis Agency, our daily grind is protecting your wealth. Any vehicle, any age, any mileage. With Nationwide Auto Warranties, you will stop paying unexpected costly repair bills and let an extended auto warranty pay. Go to NationwideAutoWarranties.com for an instant email quote or call 1-866-352-4999 for a free no-obligation phone quote. So stop paying and let Nationwide Auto Warranties get you your coverage today. Again, that number is 1-866-352-4999 or visit NationwideAutoWarranties.com. You're rocking with the morning punching show with RB and J, and now it's time for Jake's take. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning, RB and J. Good morning. Let's crack it. Good morning. How's the weather out there? How's the weather out there in Tennessee today? Yeah, I mean it's not quite the weather I left behind in Phoenix, but it's uh it's been low high fifties, low sixties uh, ever since I came back. I uh, apparently I brought some sunshine with me, so it's, it's I, oh, I can't ask good. for a better fall. Yep, can't ask for better fall weather. All right. Well, look, there, there's a lot going on in New York lately. There's a lot going on at the Madison Square Garden. Um, you know, Dan. Uh, I'm sorry, who we just have? Kovalev just fought at the Garden <laughs> this week, uh, this past yep. weekend. Cotto for like the 15th time is fighting at the Madison Square Garden. Then we got Lomachenko Rigadal there. And so, you know, it, it got us thinking about the garden, right, and the importance yeah. of boxing at the garden. Can you talk to us today about that and the story behind these fights at the garden and, and why they're so significant? Uh, you know, that's the key word. Um, Todd DeBuff, he always taught me as I, you know, try to pick his brain about business through the years. You, you don't put a fight at Madison Square Garden unless there's a story to tell. That was the beauty of Miguel Cotto becoming such a big draw during the Puerto Rican Day Parade weekend, you know, through the years. It began in 2005, and they even had to compete with Mike Tyson's, like, sudden, you know, he decided he was going to fight on that same day in Washington, D.C. So top rank figured out how to compete against that market to bring people to Madison Square Garden for Cotto's uh, fight on the eve of the Puerto Rican Day Parade. That kicked off a beautiful, a beautiful tradition. It was a big success every year after that. The first year was, you know, it was good, not a great event after that. That became a huge success. And, you know, throughout history, I mean, we've always seen, we were supposed to see the biggest fights at Madison Square Garden. The heavyweight championships historically took place at Madison Square Garden. Even in recent times of Vladimir Klitschko, when he came to the United States, it would be at Madison Square Garden. Uh, you, look, you know, for cult heroes, Arturo Gatti's title reign began at Madison Square Garden. And his first mm. defense against Wilson Rodriguez, which really kicked off his legend, that took place at MSG Theater. So uh, Riddick Bowe's first title defense took place at Madison Square Garden. You know, there's a lot of great history. Oscar De La Hoya, when Madison Square Garden decided to close its doors, Oscar De La Hoya in the very final fight of 1995, which is a fight of the year, a fighter of the year campaign for him, that took place at Madison Square Garden. So there's been a lot of beautiful history at the Garden because promoters always seem to respect that. You have to have a story to tell. There's some great storyline to bring him there. Felix Trinidad, 
go to Madison Square Garden, the middleweight tournament at Madison Square Garden. You don't just put a fight there. And I feel like that's what's kind of becoming the case lately. And I, mm. I'm not a big fan of it. It's, you have to respect the history. You can't just brag that this is the world's most famous arena. Uh, William Detloff used to joke. He said, you know, he remembers Madison Square Garden when you didn't have to say it was the world's most famous arena. It just was. So when you start saying that, it almost becomes a tagline instead of, you know, actual uh, part of boxing history. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And I, and I agree. I think some of the most memorable fights have taken place at the Garden. When you say right. that, it seems like that's really not the case anymore. Can you give us some examples this year, maybe, where some fights took place there that maybe didn't belong there or maybe there wasn't a story to tell? I mean, I could give an example this past weekend. And even though it was just in the theater, I I just didn't like the Mm -hmm. storyline behind Sergey Kovalev making his debut at Madison Square Garden Theater. It almost seemed like a makeup call. There was, you know, a lot of people admitted that while he was champion, you know, bringing him up in the East Coast, he really should have fought in New York instead of in Atlantic City. So what Mm. I do like is now moving forward, you know, Kathy Duva, great promoter that she is, she realizes the light heavyweight division is hot. She's got Kovalev back as a champion. You know, Sullivan Barrera is still a top 10, possibly top five contender. She has a piece of Dimitri Bivol. There's a lot of business Mm. to do at Madison Square Garden just with the light heavyweights alone. I like that she wants to bring Kovalev back to Madison Square Garden. I just didn't like the storyline behind this weekend because they knew it wasn't going to be a big sell. And that's where it just became putting a fight at Madison Square Garden, you know, just because Kovalev never fought mm. there before. Well, he's also coming off of two losses, one where he had the fight beaten out of him. So this isn't Sergey Kovalev undefeated, unified, light heavyweight champion. This was Sergey Kovalev on the comeback trail who never really had a big fan base as far as, you know, selling tickets goes. So that's mm-hmm. – I. This could have been like a good casino fight, and then maybe, you know, next year, this, okay, now we got all these light heavyweights. We're going to start an unofficial tournament. We're going to bring that to Madison Square Garden. There's your story to tell. Kovalev is back as champion. Barrera wants a piece of the championship. Bivol has a title and wants to become the man at light heavyweight. There's a lot of stories to tell. I just didn't like the, the mindset going in this weekend where they, they were just looking you know, break even and do a little better. They knew it wasn't going to be a big night at the box office. And that's never a reason to put a fight at Madison Square Garden, even if it's just in the theater. You know, that's, that's sacred ground there. You always have a story to tell before you put the fight there. And always make sure it's going to be a big event. That's the most important part. When you go to the, the Garden mm-hmm. or even like, you know, Yankee game or like football fans will relate to their favorite stadium, it should feel like an event. It, fit, it shouldn't just feel like just another fight. You should feel like you've been part of a small part of history when you attend a fight at Madison Square Garden. And just watching on TV, I don't know if it was different in the arena. Watching on TV, it just came across as very scale. I felt like I was watching a low-budget boxing after dark as opposed to, you know, a world championship boxing event on Madison Square Garden ground this weekend. So let me ask you, Jake, you know, Madison Square Garden should be the staging area for a story. Where would have been the appropriate, in your opinion, would have been appropriate ground for this fight? Because it's kind of like... Kovalev's redemptive return to the ring. Mm -hmm. With dealing with the media, he's been real humble and real, you know, just a different man, very transparent about what he was doing outside of the ring. So with that whole kind of redemption story, was it the timing of the fight, the location of the fight? What would have made that better? It it was absolutely the timing. And you touched on some very good points. I actually like the storyline going into this fight because – it was the first time we've seen the vulnerable side of Kovalev. There was almost like no admission that his, you know, brash personality was a, a detriment to, you know, to selling tickets. So now it's also, we, you know, get to see Kovalev's admission. You know, he really mishandled, you know, parts of his career. He left a lot of money on the table by not going full throttle. I mean, there's no shame in losing to Andre Ward even twice. Right. But he even said, like, you know, the steps into, you know, into that loss. I mean, you, you win that rematch. And all of a sudden, you're, you're back to being the man at light heavyweight. And then this, once again, becomes a big event. So there's the money left on the table. So for a fight like mm-hmm. this, I mean, you know, Kathy Duba was talking about, you know, Eastern European crowds, you know, always being a walk-up crowd. Take the fight to Brooklyn somewhere, you know. You, uh, I don't know if Barclays was available or even a small venue. I mean, if you only know that two or 3,000 people are going to come, Mohegan Sun, they have a relationship with them with their Rising Stars series or even Foxwood mm-hmm. Casinos at the Fox Theater. I mean, Take it somewhere where you could pack a 2,500, 3,000-seat arena. Give it, you know, some intimate feel, and then come back to, you know, the East Coast next year. I mean, this way you're still on the East Coast, but then bring it back to Madison Square Garden in 2018. 
That's my opinion anyway. I mean, you know, Kathy Duva is, you know, knows far more about promoting. Every promoter I criticize knows far more about promoting than I do. I'm going to always say that. <laughs> they, you know, but this is, this is Jake's take. I mean, in my opinion, yeah, this just wasn't the right time. This wasn't the right time to bring this fight to Madison Square Garden. But I'm glad to see Kovalev back in the mix. And, you know, in 2018, I would love to see him back at Madison Square Garden. I, I do think that Kovalev is still an attraction on television. Yeah. I think people like to tune in to watch him fight. But, yes, making him a, uh, an attraction where people want to buy tickets to go to his fights, that's what's going to take a little more work. And I think that everyone kind of knows that, you know, going into 2018, you know, how to build his fan base, how to, right. you know, generate more ticket sales and how to make him more marketable. And, you know, it seems like his English is getting better. This last fight, he did seem to be a lot more personable. He seems more happy. He was smiling more. So hopefully those are all good indications that they're going to keep the train going. Uh, hopefully they keep him, you know, out here in the States and he doesn't go back to Russia and disappear on us again. But, okay, so this weekend we got Cotto at the Garden, which makes total sense. You know, he fought there like 15 times, and it's his farewell fight. So that's the story this weekend. So that makes sense, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, the only thing that didn't make sense was the timing of bringing it here. It's like they were always locked into the date. I don't know if it's just an issue of announcing the opponent, but, you know, as I mentioned last week, this one kind of got thrown in last into a very saturated market. I mean, Kathy even said she had, you know, November 26th circle for the longest time. She knew this was going to be the date for Kovalev. Kodo mm-hmm. and Saddam Ali, December 2nd, that was the last of all these New York fights being announced. And by then, Lomachenko and Rigondeaux, which is a fight that absolutely belongs at Madison Square Garden Theater, that was already sold out. They were already selling tickets for Danny Jacobs at, uh, at Nassau Coliseum. Mm-hmm. They were selling tickets to Deontay Wilder. So this is like the fifth of, of five fights being sold in the New York market. So, you know, a year ago, this seemed like, you know, a great idea. It just, being that they took so long to announce it, that's why it just, it hasn't become the event that Miguel Cotto deserves. I mean, fighting at Madison Square Garden, it's like, you know, Miguel Cotto at Madison Square Garden should be a major event. Mm. That should be, you know, auto, you know, you put it on autopilot and it sells out. And I, I don't want to criticize Golden Boy completely on this. I mean, like I said, it does belong there, but it almost feels like they took for granted, you know, how well Miguel Cotto would do at Madison Square Garden. And just so far what we're seeing, you know, at least just on Ticketmaster returns, you know, they haven't sold very many tickets. Maybe they'll announce a big number on fight night, but it's not the farewell that Miguel Cotto deserves. That's that's what I don't like. But for him being the, the – I think he sold the most tickets of any boxer in the 21st century at Madison Square Garden. So absolutely mm. the final fight does belong there. But then you look at next week with uh, Lomachenko and Rigondeaux. It's the first time ever two two-time gold medalists are fighting in the pro ranks. That's, there's your event. There's your storyline. That's why it belongs there. People responded mm-hmm. to that, as you can see, by the sold-out event. So with Miguel Cotto, maybe it's like, okay, well, we've seen him a million times. We've seen so many fights you know, in the New York area in the fall. It's, it's a buyer's market now. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't have that disposable income. So I think that's why, you know, this weekend is not becoming the event that it deserves to be. Okay. Well, sticking with Kodo versus Ali, let's, let's preview this fight. Let's give our quick preview, our quick breakdown, and let's yep. give our predictions. We'll start with Jake, and then we'll head over to Jay, and then I will give you my prediction. Go ahead, Jake. Okay. Uh, with this matchup – I almost got the sense that Golden Boy didn't want to make the same mistake two years in a row. <laughs> Last year, uh, it was decided that Bernard Hopkins should fight Joe Smith Jr. for his final fight. Joe Smith Jr. now has a career-defining win, thanks to that moment. So there was no way in hell they were going to have Miguel Cardo beat once again at Madison Square Garden. His only loss mm-hmm. at Madison Square Garden came on Golden Boy's watch when he fought Austin Trout. There you have Saddam Ali as this weekend's opponent. Saddam Ali is a decent welterweight. I'm not even sure I can call him a welterweight contender, him moving up in weight to fight one of the best of his generation. It just, it seems like this is a layup. You know, maybe it's the layup that Miguel Cotto's career deserves because even in uh, fighting Kamagai in August, it seems like it should have been a lot easier fight than it really was. You know, maybe that speaks to just how far along in his career Miguel Cotto is. That said, I don't see Ali giving him 80 trouble, maybe then, you know, a couple of uncomfortable moments in the first couple of rounds. I think Cotto will find a way to stop him Six. I'm going to say six rounds. I went way over last week. So uh, I'm going to say Cotto breaks him down, stops him in six. Okay. So before we get to Jay, when Mayweather had his first farewell fight or his second <laughs> one with Andre Berto, 
I mean, everyone ridiculed that fight. They hated yes. that fight. Cotto, is he getting a pass on fighting Saddam Ali on, in his farewell fight? I think when it was first announced, people criticized it. And then, you know, as time went on, I think people just don't care about it as much as maybe they should. Or, you know, maybe it just speaks to where Cotto is in his career. Floyd Mayweather was the absolute best fighter in the world. And he beat, you know, at worst, the second best fighter in the world to get to that point. I mean, this was right on the heels of beating Manny Pacquiao in the, the highest grossing event in boxing history. That was pound-for-pound pound supremacy. You know, Floyd Mayweather was – there was no argument whatsoever that he was the best boxer in the world at that time and one of the best in boxing history. He was undefeated. So I think that's why Mayweather got so much more crap going into that fight. Plus, it was, you know, a $60, $70 pay-per-view, whatever it cost. I mean, it was a very yeah. expensive event. You know, this is on HBO. So this is actually the second straight time, you know, Miguel Cotto fighting on HBO. It's not a pay-per-view event. And mm-hmm. I think people are just taking it for what it is. It's, you know, uh, a faded – you know, champ that's just, you know, riding off into the sunset. He's not one of the best fighters in the world anymore. At least I don't think so. So maybe that's yeah. why he's getting a pass on this one. All right. Jay, give us your breakdown and your prediction. Koto Ali this Saturday. Koto Ali. So Koto, with Koto, we have a cha- uh, an outgoing former champion who is diminished but definitely not faded. The last time we saw Saddam Ali, he seems like he has – difficulty when he has to step up to elite competition and even a diminished Kodo is still elite in the scale of opponents that he's had in the past. I'm going to go with Miguel Cotto and I think that it goes the distance with him winning by unanimous decision. Ali will hang in there and he'll come forward and he'll be, you know, in the mix, but I don't think he has anything in the arsenal that's going to take Miguel Cotto out. If he does, Wow, God bless him, but I don't see it happening. I'm going to go with Cotto by UD. All right. Well, here's my breakdown prediction. Miguel Cotto, he's going into this fight with a record of 41-5. and five. He has 33 knockouts. He's won seven of his last ten fights. He said that this will be his last fight. So, obviously, I think everyone wanted him to go out on top. His left hook in my opinion, still does the majority of his damage. It's still a beautiful left hook. He has a proven chin. I don't think Ali is going to be able to really hurt him in that way. Um, For a guy his age, I think Cotto still does really well. Let's think about it. How would Ali have done against Kamagai or against Canelo? Mm. You know, I don't think he would have done as good as, as Cotto has done with those two guys. So I just think Cotto is simply the more solid fighter. Ali's coming in with a 25-1 record. Um, He's a bit of a jumpy fighter. He does have quick hands. He works the body well, but he's not known for power. You know, he doesn't have a lot of punching power or knockout power. I still think Cotto can box with some of the best in the game. I I just, I see Cotto stopping Ali. I'm going to go with Cotto by TKO. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. All yeah. right. So that'll be a good one for is. him. It's a, sh- it's a shame the fight couldn't yeah. be on the island. I know it's not a good time for the island. You know, prayers for the people of Puerto Rico as they try to get the island back together with power. They're still without power. Trump, you suck. People down there are American citizens, but <laughs> it's not the time to have it down there. Can we help out Puerto Rico? Right. All right. This weekend, Cotto Ali, this Saturday, Madison Square Garden for the WBO Light Middleweight title on HBO. There are tickets available. Jade, you said you took a look online and there's a plethora of tickets left. Yeah, I got an email today from Golden Boy that they're doing a Cyber Monday deal. So if you were planning on going to Cotto, but you wanted to oh. save a little money for Christmas, you can get 25% off of your tickets. On Koto Ali? Sure can. Sure can. I got an email from Golden Boy this morning. If you've, if you've bought tickets or something from a Golden, for a Golden Boy event, you're on their VIP mailing list. But, yeah, I got a deal today for a Cyber Monday deal where you can get 25% off your tickets. So, you know, slide in my DMs and I'll hook y'all up. All right, right, Jake Donovan, thank you so much for Jake's take today. We will touch base with you a little later. Thank you as always. We're going to take a quick commercial break and come back with In Case You Missed It. 
For all the latest news, interviews, and boxing schedules, visit BoxingInsider.com. Providing readers with everything from the latest fight schedules to interviews with your favorite boxers. BoxingInsider.com has you covered from top to bottom. BoxingInsider.com is looking for new writers. Think you have what it takes to join the team? Submit your articles to our team at info at BoxingInsider.com. Visit BoxingInsider.com today. The only boxing website where you become the fifth man in the corner. Are you an entrepreneur looking to find out where to start or develop a business plan? Are you looking to start a business or grow your business revenue? Are you a business owner that needs fresh new ideas or needs to solve challenges with strategy, marketing, or process? Red Beach Advisors is a management consulting group focused on helping entrepreneurs, startups, and companies build, grow, and scale. Contact Red Beach Advisors at info at redbeachadvisors.com or 424-247-6143. Red Beach Advisors helps companies build, grow, and scale through strategy, process, systems, and people. We are the experts. Contact us at 424-247-6143 or www.redbeachadvisors.com. All right. We are back, so let's dive into some new stories that might have gotten past you. As the turkey didn't get past you this week, we'll jump into some in case you missed it news. As I mentioned just now, as Jake Donovan uh, wrapped up his installment of Jake's Take, the final fight against Miguel Cotto, December 2nd at the Garden in New York. If you are planning on attending, today is a great day to pick up tickets to that fight. Golden Boy is offering a Cyber Monday deal where you get tickets 25% off. Slide in my DMs, or if you're on the Golden Boy mailing list, you should have received the email. Check your spam. Check it out, and you can pick up tickets to that fight. Continuing on, Gennady Golovkin has been honored by the mayor of Mexico City. The mayor of Mexico City, Miguel Angel Mancera, has named Gennady Golovkin a distinguished guest of the city. Triple G made the trip down there with the team and donated $50,000 to the reconstruction fund of the capital of Mexico. So kudos to him. Mexico loves you. Mexican style continues to reign supreme. And just that was wonderful, wonderful for him to donate to, to Mexico City that was devastated by the earthquake. Also in news, Jermel Charlo versus Hugo Centeno is in play for the WBC interim belt. The World Boxing Council has confirmed that Jermel Charlo and Hugo Centeno will fight for the interim WBC title. They want to keep things moving along since the, the, the main belt, the regular belt, is being held up by a Canelo versus Triple G rematch. And so I guess belts still matter, and so do sanctioning fees. I just, wow, the WBC is nothing like the IBF. The IBF will strip you by the next day if you don't have a fight lined up. So look for, it, look for that fight in the future, uh, Charlo versus Centeno. Also, congratulations to Manuel Char. The fight was not the most competitive fight that we want to see in the heavyweight division, but Manuel Char, who defeated Ustinov this past weekend, ends Germany's 85-year wait for a boxing world heavyweight champion. He is the first German-born champion since Max Schmeling in 1930. I know y'all don't care about that fight because Twitter, you were brutal talking about that fight this weekend, but I thought it was interesting that they get their first chance since 1930. That's a long time ago. And finally, on my paper, we've got Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury has been eating good. He signed a deal with MTL Global Management and plans for an early 2018 comeback. Tyson Fury, man, come on back. Hell, why not? Why not? Come on back into the ring with us. For real, for real. He's firm. All right, Keith Thurman did an interview with Fight Hype last week where he said that Earl Spence is not on his plate, maybe in 2019. (laughs) So, everyone, let's stop screaming for that fight. And let's remember also, you know, I know we want to so quickly, you know, ridicule Thurman for saying that, but Earl Spence only has one significant fight. So, yes, we do want to see Thurman Spence, but... You know, Spence needs to kind of get back into the game. He only fought one time in 2017. His next fight with Lamont Peterson's in January. I'm sure they're going to want to give him a hometown fight in Dallas, you know, in 2018. So, you know, let's stop screaming for the fight. He's kind of put it out there like, yo, we're probably going to look at that in 2019. Like, the boy needs to get some fights. He needs to fight some better names. And then we'll, take, we'll you know, we'll talk about it and maybe shake it out. 
Uh, it was announced in New York. Yeah, bum bum. It was announced in New York that uh, Dimitri Bivol is now in business with Main Events. Main Events has a piece of mm-hmm. him now. So, again, fights with, like, Sullivan Barrera and with Kovalev. Like, all these fights are very, very possible now. So, that's good news. Chocolatito is said to return in maybe April or May and possibly on Canelo Golovkin rematch. And I should have said that in quotes because I'm not feeling too good about that rematch happening in May, but that's a whole nother Mm -hmm. separate topic. But Chocolatito Mm -hmm. will probably return when Canelo returns. They'll probably stick him on as the co-feature or something like that. Tom Wassler talked to our friend Dougie Fisher and he mentioned that Superfly 2 could land on February 24th. Inouye, how do you say his name, Jay? Inouye. 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 He's supposed to fight mm-hmm. on the show. Um, and the main event is set with... Jeez, uh, I should have went over these pronouncements before I even got on this show. What's the guy's name that beat Chocolatico? I don't want to... Butcher his name. Thor, Thor, Thor wrong beside. Yes, he is set for the main event with Estrada. Thanks, Jay. No, and is also working on Carlos Quadras versus Brian Valoria. And last take mm. here is Floyd Mayweather has inked a deal to be a character in this new poker game. So that was signed last week. He's going to be in this game as both a character and as like a presenter. And, yeah, you'll get to play online poker with Floyd Mayweather. He's just, you know, (laughs) branding himself in many different ways and has all this different income coming in. I am not hitting. Uh, Not mad at all. Not mad at all. Fights that were set last week, Antoine Douglas versus Spike O'Sullivan has been added to the Saunders Lemieux card. And the Grove Dewbank semifinal has been set for February 17th in Manchester. So if you didn't know, now you know, in case you missed it. Let's take a quick commercial break, and we're going to come back. We want to play Know It or Blow It. We got this really cool piece of a fight-worn robe by Larry Holmes that we want to give away. Press one, we'll pick you up, and we'll play. When the mind is ready, the body prepares for war. So next time you engage in battle, protect your hands with the best. War Tape, the original branded tape. Order yours now at wartapebrand.com. And see why the enemy will fear you. Wartapebrand.com. We put hands on you. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I think we have somebody who wants to play note. Oh, we have people who want to actually play note or blow it today, RB. Oh, good. That's because the prize is so good. I told you I was thinking about keeping this for myself, but I knew it was selfish and it was just wrong. Go ahead, Jay. Pick up whoever you want to play. I don't know this area code. This is a new one. Three, two, one, two, one, five. You're on with the Morning Punching Show. Punchin Who is this, and where are you calling from? This is Adam. I'm calling from Melbourne, Florida. What's going on, Adam? Not much. Just listening to the show. About to play some poker. Oh, oh okay. Before Must you be play nice. poker, can we get you to play Know It or Blow It? All right. All right. Well, cool. Well, here, let me go ahead and ask the question. I'm going to give you, and actually, RB's going to ask the question, and I'm going to give you 15 seconds on the clock. Take it away, RB. All right. Our know-it-or-blow-it question today is, who is the co-feature this weekend to Koto Ali? Who is in the co-feature fight at the Garden on HBO this weekend to Koto Ali? Oscar and the great versus who oh you had half of it right but we got to get the whole thing Uh oh did we lose our player oh i think i think i think he banged i think he banged on us you want to pick up someone else real quick yeah, let's pick up this one. 470, you're on with the Morning Punch and Show. Who's this and where are you calling from? Hey, good morning. This is Mark Anthony from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. 
Mark Anthony, not the real Mark Anthony. Dang. No, nah, not the real one, not the real one. But you know, I'm I'm, I'm a good second place. <laughs> All right, we're gonna give you we're gonna give you ten seconds. Weekend to Koto Ali, who is in the co-feature? The co-feature, the Koto Ali, uh, Ray Vargas. I think Ray Vargas on there fighting uh, Oscar. Oscar Negret, Negret. Yep, yep, you got it. Yeah, right. It. You won a piece of this white worn Larry Holmes robe. It is authentic memorabilia. So we'll make sure to get this out to you safe and sound. Hit me up. I don't know where you follow me Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Make sure you hit me up. Send me your address. On Twitter. And I will get this right out to you. On Twitter. All right. Well, DM me your address and I will get this right out to you. All right. Good luck. Thanks, Michelle. All right. You're welcome. Have a good Monday. All right. Yeah, too. All right. Take care. All right, people ready to play Know It or Blow It this morning. There are mad people in the switchboard. Did You You guys must have missed us while you had honey-baked ham and macaroni and cheese this past week. You missed your <laughs> girls this week, but here we are. Well, you know, shoot. We love when people, we love when people win. Um, our guy Larry from theboxinginsider.com, he sends us the coolest prizes, signed gloves, you know, autographed pictures, robes, material. So we love when people play and when they win. Uh, let's take a very, very quick commercial break. We're going to come back with Word on the Curb and we're going to close out with this weekend's fight schedule. All right. AceRevealWild.com phone cards provide customers with a secure and convenient platform for purchasing quality telephone airtime. We give customers the opportunity to play games and win real cash payouts. Check us out online at AceRevealWild.com for our weekly Wednesday hump day special of a $10 bonus for a $30 purchase, plus our daily blue light special of $5 bonus for a $20 purchase. So when you think you want to go wild, think AceRevealWild.com phone cards and sign up for your VIP account today. Be bold, win big, go wild. Only at AceRevealWild.com. All right, all right. We're back. Yes. All right. Word on the curb. Okay. I kind of dropped a hint at this a little earlier, but it's not looking too good for that rematch in May between Canelo and Golovkin. There seems to be a lot of pump in the brakes. Canelo is out there living his life. If you watch him on Instagram, Jay, tell us what Love you it. see on Instagram. <laughs> I love, I'm sorry, I know I've said this, but I absolutely love Canelo's Instagram. I wish he was like this when we would see him out and about. He looks like he is so much fun. He posts, he is living his best life. He's out chilling in Spain. He's dancing. He's singing karaoke. He's doing the zoom in on his friends in the car. It's like watching a teenage girl. I love his Instagram to death, to death, but he's chilling and eating good. Yeah, and I believe the WBA, I'm sorry, the WBO has now, like, elevated Canelo. Like, he's the number one ranked, and I think he's now the mandatory, you know, to the winner of Lemieux versus Saunders. And meanwhile, Golovkin is waiting and waiting. They're waiting. Tom Lawler is waiting. You know, Golovkin's used to being active, and right now they have him, like, on hold. Like, you're just going to sit there and wait for us to make our decision. And history shows, Canelo's history shows, that he doesn't do what the masses want him to do. Like, no, I'm not going to fight Canelo when you want me to fight Canelo. Uh, or Golovkin. You know, like, he, he has a history of this. WBC, you are not going to bully me into doing what you want me to do. I'm going to just boycott you all, too. So the more that people keep pressuring Canelo to make this rematch and for whatever reasons, he's like, Bye. You know, like, he's going to do what he wants. I, I really think we're going to see Canelo versus the winner of Saunders and Lemieux. Some more oh on the curb is that Eddie Hearn, um, it looks like he is really going to make that Anthony Joshua Parker deal pretty soon, and it will probably take place at the O2 Arena in March. So look out for Anthony mm. Joshua's return. to most likely be in March. And there's some word on the curb that Jorge Linares and that Luke Campbell, too, has fallen apart. And um, Linares will Ooh. most likely now defend his title against uh, 
Mercito Gesta in Los Angeles and probably in February. Really? Yeah. Yes. Are you serious? Merci- I'm serious. Mercito Gesta is like my favorite person on Instagram. I kid you not. That man likes every single thing that I post. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to have to ask him about that if that fight goes down out here in February. Thanks for the word on the curve because I need to send him a thank you card. Look, Jay all excited with the word on the curve. Yeah. All right, Jay, yeah. <laughs> wrap us up with this weekend's fight schedule. What do we got? So this weekend, it is back to action after the Thanksgiving break. Let's see who's going to weigh in properly on the scales this week. I hope they make it. On Thursday, November 30th on ESPN2 by way of Oxon Hill, Maryland, Lamont Roach will take on Ray Perez, so make sure you check that out. On Friday, December 1st on CBS Sportsnet in Rhode Island, Toka Conclari versus John Vicente Moralda. Moralde, I hope I said that right. On Saturday on HBO, Miguel Cotto versus Saddam Ali. Of course, make sure you tune in and see the Puerto, Rican, the Puerto Rican legend ride off into the sunset in his final fight. That'll be at the Garden. Also on Saturday on CBS Sportsnet in Kansas, Joseph Ajtai versus Nico Hernandez. I know I completely butchered that, and I, I apologize. But that is your weekend fight schedule, so make sure you tune in. We gave our predictions earlier for Cotto versus Ali, and there's some other great fights to fill in the time if you need something to watch this weekend. So make sure you check it out. And that's it. All right, Sam. All right. Sounds good. Well, we had an easy breezy show today. We got through everything. I'm glad that we had a know it or blow it winner. Today's show is brought to you by the BoxingInsider.com, John Francis Agency, Porter High Performance Center, Nationwide Auto Warranties.com, Wars Tape Brand, Red Beach Advisors, and Ace Reveal Wild.com. Make sure you visit BadCulture.net, BlackSportsOnline.com, and RagingBabe.com. We appreciate you for listening today. Jay, thank you as always for being the best and most amazing co-host on the planet. Catch us right here every Monday morning from 8 to 9. It's the Morning Punch-In Show. We're out. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.